Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the 13th Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, for our friends who are worshiping online or who are listening on the radio, uh, just a reminder that you can always go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org. There on that website, you will find the bulletin for this service under the resources tab and options for giving your offering to the Lord under the give tab. A few announcements to share with you before we begin worship this morning. Uh, a reminder that our Wednesday evening Bible study will start up on September 6th at 6.30 p.m. We're going to be continuing our, our study of the New Testament book of Hebrews. A new discovery class is also starting on that same day at, uh, at that same time. Discovery class is especially for those who would like to become members of Chapel of the Cross, essentially an adult confirmation class, uh, but it's also for those who just kind of want to know a little bit more about our Lutheran Christian faith. Or maybe just a refresher course if it's been a little time since your uh, last time in confirmation. So uh, please let me or, or the church office know if you'd like to attend. Again, our, our Wednesday evening classes start September 6th, 6.30 p.m. Our music ensembles for children and adults are starting up also on September 6th as well as September 7th, depending on the ensemble. Love to have you involved in the mu music ministry here at Chapel of the Cross. Information about that is on the back side of your Chapel Weekly today. And if you'd like more information, if you have some questions about that, uh, please contact our director of music, Ryan Meyer. He'd be happy to talk to you about that. You can also speak with our handbell director, Jen Schmidt. And uh, actually, she would also like to share a word with you this morning. Jen? Thank you, Pastor. For those that may not know me, <clears throat> I am Jen Schmidt, director of the Bell Choirs here at Chapel. Bell Choir is a wonderful opportunity to make a joyful noise during worship. If you feel you are not a singer or not an instrumental musician, this is the group for you. You do not need a background in music. We can help you learn how to mark your music to help you find your notes. All you need to be able to know is your left hand, your right hand, and how to count to four. That is all you need. We are in need of more ringers in the adult choir. Right now we have seven and really need nine to have a complete choir. We could also use two to four more kids for our children's handbell choir. We take kids in grades three through eight. We will take second graders after we have talked to the parents and determined that it is something they can do. Children's bells meet at 6.30 on Wednesdays, and adult bells meet at 7.30 also on Wednesdays. I'll be here after the service today, so please stop by. No matter your level of interest, I would love to talk to you. Also, please share this with anyone that isn't here that might be interested. You can get my contact information or call the church office or talk to Ryan. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. And the uh, Walking Together in the Word devotion for the month of September, that's printed and available for you to pick up at the Welcome Center. I'll make sure to take your, your copy home with you today for your devotions this upcoming month. Our elder for this weekend is Jim Crozier. Jim is over here. He's going to greet you at the back door as you leave today. Get to know Jim. As one of your elders, he'd love to get to know you uh, uh, as an elder here at Chapel of the Cross. God's blessings to you as we worship together this morning. We stand and share the peace of our Lord with one another, after which we will sing our opening hymn.
our beginning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, you inspired Peter to confess Jesus as the Christ, your living Son. Keep your church firm on the rock of this faith, then in unity and peace he will be proclaimed as Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament reading is from the 51st chapter of Isaiah. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut, 
and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. When I called him, he was but one, and I blessed him and made him many. The Lord will surely comfort Zion and will look with compassion on all her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the sound of singing. Listen to me, my people. Hear me, my nation. The law will go out from me. My justice will become a light to the nations. My righteousness draws near speedily. My salvation is on the way, and my arm will bring justice to the nations. The islands will look to me and wait in hope for my arm. Lift up your eyes to the heavens. Look at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants die like flies. But my salvation will last forever. My righteousness will never fail. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from the 11th and 12th chapters of Romans. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts, according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. This is the word of the Lord.
multitude comes from the east and the west to sail at the feast of salvation. With Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob the blessed, obeying the Lord's invitation. For God let us hear when our shepherd will call in accents persuasive and stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated.
Good morning. May grace and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Now as children of God, we know that he has created all things and has blessed each and every one of us in so many ways. He has crafted a world for us by his own hands that is so remarkable that its sheer beauty and intricacy can never be matched or fully understood apart from him. But not everyone has this understanding. What God has called good cannot and will not be understood by any other means than by God himself, by what he reveals. Those who do not know God struggle to understand themselves and their purpose in life. So they form identities around things that pique their interest or what makes them feel better as they strive to fulfill their own personal desires. Now what God has intended for good, the human race has turned into pleasures apart from him. Things like artistry, architecture, philosophy, science, and so much more are given as gifts by the Creator. They are to be utilized and beneficial for living. But Satan, through deception, convinces people that they can be like God and govern themselves as they see fit. Satan has made it his job to cause division between God and his children, to trust and have faith in things that we could only see, touch, hear, and what makes sense. So man takes God's provisions and builds a world around tangible and inanimate objects and calls it good as if it were God himself, influencing others to do the same. Life becomes no longer dependent on God, but on worldly things. For Christians too, we, not just like the unrepentant or unbelievers, can also fall into the trap of being self-sufficient, independent, self-serving, and focused on worldly possessions and pleasures. Christians must be very careful and not succumb to peer pressure and the ideas of the ungodly. For as you know in the first commandment that God says what? Everyone repeat it with me. You shall not have any other gods before me. That's right. This means that you cannot, will not, put your trust and faith in man or anything else than God. For in man and his ideas, there is no salvation. Martin Luther tells us this in his large catechism. He says, a God is the term for that to which we are to look for all good, and in which we are to find refuge in all need. 
Therefore, to have a God is nothing else than to trust and believe in that one with your whole heart. It is your trust and your faith of the heart alone that make both God and an idol. If your trust and faith are right, then your God is the true one. But if your trust and faith are wrong, then you do not have the true God. For these two belong together, faith and God. Anything on which your heart relies and depends, I say, that is really your God. Now in today's gospel reading, we learn about where our trust and faith are truly to lie. Jesus takes his disciples to an area that lies 25 miles northeast of the Sea of Galilee. In that land was a city called Caesarea Philippi which was one of the most beautiful and breathtaking areas that you can visit in Israel. Caesarea Philippi is a luscious and fertile land, brimming with trees and springs that feed the Jordan River, an oasis that was very attractive to those who inhabited it and desirable to those who did not. Now, when Philip, King Herod's other son, came into possession of it, he made it his capital and built it in honor of Caesar. Philip used God's resources to build extravagant and ornate temples throughout the city that were fit for a god. But who's God exactly? Being a non-Jewish community, it acted as a resort for Roman citizens who wanted to retreat, who wanted to relax, and who wanted to unwind with pleasurable entertainment. As magnificent as the city was, its beauty was deceiving, for it was truly one of the most ungodly and immoral places known to man. The temples that were built there were not in honor of God the Creator, but of pagan gods who demanded sacrilegious worship. The so-called God that was worshipped was Pan. Now Pan was known as the God of fertility who lived in the underworld. In order to please this Pan, the citizens of Philippi would engage in the most horrible and gruesome acts of perversion joyously. They would make idols, dance with goats, engage in all sorts of sexual deviance, and even sacrifice their children up to the age of 14. The children, as well as others, were convinced to believe that it was a great honor to be chosen for sacrifice, and they would do so willingly. Whatever and whomever was chosen for sacrifice would then be thrown into a cave from which a mighty spring flowed forth 
for that cave and that spring and the temple that ordained the opening of it was known as the gates to the underworld. It was the gates of hell. Now, can you imagine the horror on the faces of the disciples when Jesus brought them to this city? For no devout or sane Jew would ever dare, ever dare to enter or speak of the atrocities that went on in this city. But Jesus stood at its doorsteps, stood in front of his disciples, peering into this city and asks of them, who, who do the people say that the Son of Man is? For the people, the people in Jesus' day did not truly understand who he was. They knew a Messiah was to come and, and rescue them from their oppressions, yes, but however, they expected a notable prophet, an illustrious priest, or a magnificent king who was to bring fire and brimstone upon their enemies. So the disciples, they gave the opinion of the people. They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But then Jesus asks them, as he is asking you, but who, who do you say that I am? The disciples, they must have been nervous as they looked at each other in surprise, wondering if this was another test, giving their answer to Peter, who spoke for himself and, and for the whole group replies, as I am asking you to say it right now, out loud, boldly with Peter. So let's say it together. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And yes, and blessed are you for saying it. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but only from God the Father who is in heaven. You are Peter, meaning rock. And upon this rock of the confession that Jesus Christ is Lord, Jesus says, I will. And he has built upon it the church. Now this is a pivotal moment in the Gospel of Matthew. For Jesus' identity has been on the table ever since he was baptized by John. The disciples and many others have worshipped Jesus as the Son of God, but not one has ever understood that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah, without it being revealed to them. And who revealed it to him? God, our Father. And in all the places for God the Father to reveal Jesus' true identity, then there in the midst of the darkest corner of Israel. 
But it's in this corner, in the darkness of man's evil desires, that Christ is revealed to Peter and to the disciples, revealed to you. For in darkness, Christ is the light that leads the way to salvation. Upon your confession, as the church stands, you can never, ever be destroyed. Christ stands before you at the gates of hell. He has given you the power of the keys. He wants you to utilize this revealed knowledge to stand up against the forces of evil. Use them to confess your sins and be absolved of them. Use them to bind wickedness, deception, and the ungodly behind the gates of hell. Use them to speak the truth of who Christ is to the lost children of this world, even in the midst of danger. For Christ came. He came and He stood before you, unlocked the door to heaven for you, hand you that very same set of keys, saying, Do not be afraid. I am with you always. Go. Go to all the nations. Proclaim the good news of the gospel. Speak the truth of what my Father has revealed to you. I know that times are tough. You will face many cities like Caesarea Philippi. You will face people who will mock you, hate you, and try to deceive you by telling you what you know to be right is wrong. But Christ says, I stand before you, lifting you up when you fall, putting you back on your feet and putting you back on the right path. Trust, trust and have faith only in the one true God. For Christ is telling us that the end of time is coming soon. He says, I will bring and will be bringing that fire and that brimstone. Your Father's wrath will be unleashed and this world will suffer no more. You will suffer no more. God has given you a purpose in life. Your identity is wrapped up in Christ Jesus as you are sons and daughters of the one who created you. God has unlocked all forms of knowledge and wisdom, even to the wicked of heart, for your benefit to prosper and sustain life through Him. There is no wrong in enjoying what God has provided, as it is a gift. But again, like Martin Luther has said concerning the first commandment, to those 
who boast of great learning, wisdom, power, prestige, family, and honor, and who trust in them have a God, but not the one true God. Jesus has given you the ability to notice such people by the use of the keys. Those keys open your eyes to how presumptuous, secure, and how proud of a people they are when they have such possessions. But look, look how quickly they become discouraged when they lack them or when they are taken away. These people, these people need the gospel of Christ. Not only the gospel, but the law, the law that is and which has been written upon your hearts. Now God, God no doubt has a deep affection for his people, an affection for you. He is a patient God. He is also pleased with those who pursue righteousness and seek after him. Pleased with those who look to the rock, the foundation from which they, from which you were shaped. Pleased that you receive his blessings and his comfort, even as you live in the midst of wasteful places and of wicked people. For God says, that through all of this, that joy and gladness will be found in you, whose heart is full of his law and whose voices will be full of thanksgiving and song. So keep, keep your attention on God in all things, for it is his salvation and it is His righteousness that is bestowed upon you. It is forever, and it can never be dismayed. You are a precious treasure of God, who has a right understanding. You are glorified, justified, and sanctified by the blood of Christ, who has handed you the keys of salvation on account of your confession in Christ, of which the gates of hell cannot prevail. Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now please stand as we confess our faith by the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, 
and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Almighty God, you have built your church on the solid rock of Christ, the world's Redeemer. Grant to your whole church the courageous faith to confess Jesus to be your only Son and our only hope for salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord our God, watch over this nation and its people and give those in the authority of government wisdom and skill to carry out their duties for the good of all. Guide and direct our President, Joe Biden, the Congress and Judiciary, our Governor, Mike Parson, and our state and local leaders, that they may promote the ways of liberty, peace, and justice. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, protect all people from random acts of violence. Guard and defend especially our schools and grant teachers and students the peace and safety to focus on their teaching and their learning. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of grace and mercy, you are the great physician of both body and soul. Look with compassion on all who are in any trouble, distress, illness, or injury. Today we especially pray for Jan Arben and Mark Schultz. Lord, keep all the ill firm in their faith and their trust in you. Grant them relief, healing, and hope. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask for your comfort be given to those who mourn the death of loved ones. Today, we especially remember the family and friends of Mrs. Boschert, co-worker and friend of Julie Seibert, who died this past Wednesday. Give your peace, Lord, that passes all human understanding. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we give you special thanks, along with those who are celebrating milestones of your grace especially Jim and Kathy Crozier as they celebrate their 56th wedding anniversary. We also thank you, Lord, for the blessing of another year of life that you have given to Jerry Bolden, Pamela Maines, and Rosie Williams as they and their family celebrate their birthdays. Continue to lead, to guide, and to bless. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We come to your table, Lord, at your gracious invitation to eat and to drink the body and blood of our Savior for the forgiveness of our sins and the strengthening of our faith. Give us repentance and believing hearts and minds to receive these gifts to your glory and for our salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord.
We stand as together we sing the offertory.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who out of love for his fallen creation humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
we stand. Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. Let us pray. We look to you, most gracious Savior, as a rock from which we have been hewn. We thank you for your saving blood and cleansing righteousness, which we have received in your most sacred meal. Reign in our hearts by your Holy Spirit, so that we may stand securely on the solid promises of your mighty word. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn together, Onward, Christian Soldiers. <laughs>